Who goes on vacation and still thinks about teaching? And are you ready to con your students? Let's talk about it today on Episode 5 of the Substitute Teacher's Lounge. All right, I want to start today by issuing a great big thank you to all of you out there. I was on a week-long vacation to Moab, Utah, quite a trip for this Kentucky boy. It was beautiful out there. We'll actually talk about some teaching applications as we move along in today's show. But I wanted to thank you because the number of listeners to this podcast has taken off much more quickly than I expected it to. I'm getting some good feedback. We're starting to get reviews through the Apple uh, Podcast app Uh, And that's very exciting for me. I'm already getting emails. Uh, I mentioned my email address every show, so I'm getting emails. And from some of those emails, we've already set up interviews. I've said from the beginning that I want this to be the Substitute Teacher's Lounge. I do not want it to be me talking every week. And we're going to be interviewing some people. We've talked about Kahoot in the past. And uh, I've also mentioned I, I would love to hear from some of you that had some input on Quizlet, and we're going to do that uh, from one of the teachers that emailed in. She has agreed to be interviewed, so we will do that in future weeks, and hopefully as we get closer to August, we can all have uh, some ideas, and we can share some ideas on how we can better teach our students. And with that in mind, I would really like to encourage those of you that are substitute teaching in kindergarten through fifth grade to Provide some ideas to to me to share on the podcast or let me set you up for an interview. And the reason I say that the majority, uh, vast majority of my substitute teaching is in middle school. Uh, I also do some high school, but I do not do elementary school. So I want you all to provide some input on there and we will use your ideas in future shows. And that way we can make sure we cover every grade that we possibly can. Okay, I wanted to talk a little bit today, not just about my vacation, but how I have used vacation to help me become a better substitute teacher. One thing I noticed last year is students sometimes have difficulty either concentrating on what's going on or perhaps not reading appropriately so they miss a question in the long run. As an example, uh, you know, when I taught a math class for sixth grade, uh, we they did a test that they were supposed to uh, read carefully and then answer the questions. One of those questions showed them a cube. Now, they knew from our classroom practice that if they saw a cube, they were going to be calculating volume. Well, lo and behold, on their final test for the year, on the standardized tests that are used in the state of Kentucky, there was a question that showed a cube, but then the question only asked to calculate the area of the front surface of the cube. It didn't want the volume of the cube. It wanted the area. So essentially it was a trick question because if they didn't read it appropriately and they calculated volume instead of area, 
And of course, that answer was one of the answers of the choices that was given to them. Then they missed that question. So I got to thinking, what can I do to better help them concentrate on reading correctly? It's basically a perception thing. Now, one of the things I tried uh, or that I've tried, I've used the, to teach myself better in that regard is I read a book called Visual Intelligence. It's by Amy Herman. It is readily available on places like Amazon. What she does is take art and paintings and have people review them and teach lessons on perception. Specifically, she actually teaches officers to be aware of their surroundings and not just look at the obvious things, but look at everything. And for students, with that example, don't just look on first appearances. Make sure you're looking at everything. Let me tell you some of my uh, experiences with that as a student first. I remember a teacher... It was a large classroom, and that particular teacher got interrupted by two people who ran in the side of the classroom, were yelling at each other. Obviously, they were upset about something, and then they ran out the other side. Everybody looked at the teacher to see how he was going to react to this. It turns out he had set up the whole thing from the beginning, and then he asked us questions about what we saw. Perhaps he asked us what they were wearing. Uh, what the color of their hair was, what they were mad about, various different questions like that. And as you can imagine, many of us, all of us answered differently because we had been concentrating on different things. So a lot of times just training ourselves and our students to be better with perception helps our classes. Here's one of the things I did last year with some vacation video. We had taken a family vacation uh, to Disney World. It was an extended family of nine. Uh, one of the things we bought while we were there was a package of photographs and videos. I think they call it Memory Maker, and they you have rights to those after you leave the park. So what I did one day for my sixth grade math class is I told them I was going to show them three videos and I wanted them to be perceptive and look for somebody that they may recognize. And, of course, in all three, three videos, I wanted them to find me. And it was a video in a restaurant, a video on a roller coaster, and a video at the Tower of Terror, if you're familiar with that. So it was kind of a neat little exercise to have them maybe look at things a little bit differently than they otherwise would have, to concentrate on one particular thing. But then, after I did that, I asked them other questions about the video. They were concentrating so hard on finding me in the videos that they weren't perceptive of the things around them. And then I mentioned, as we were going, getting closer to testing, that that's what they were going to need to do. They were going to, instead of reading questions quickly or perceiving things, obviously, they needed to perceive things all around them, be aware of what the question was saying, better concentrate, and don't forget uh, to look at everything when they're doing their problems. And it actually worked out well. They thought it was a lot of fun. It added a fun element to it, and I think their concentration levels increased with that exercise. And this is something that can really be used at all grade levels. I think you all know that normally my substitution concentration is in middle school and high school. 
and I have used it in there. But my wife is a fifth grade school teacher, and she uses this concept at an elementary level, too. What I think I will do uh, from time to time when I substitute next year is if I know some of the older students, I might set it up with them to do something similar that I was describing, have them come in and act something out, making the students feel like that what they're doing is actually happening in real time, and then ask the students questions about that, trying to increase their concentration level. I also plan to use some of the beautiful sites that I saw in Moab, Utah last week and uh, use those in my classroom, not just from a sharing videos and pictures of a vacation that could get boring rather quickly just to show them my vacation, but to look at different things we saw and then use those as an application in our class. Moab, Utah has a lot of arches. We went to one arch called the Delicate Arch. It was about a 1.8-mile hike each way, and it was reasonably challenging. Uh, A lot of the walk was, a lot of the hike was on rock ledges that were only about two feet wide, and on one side of that ledge was a very steep drop-off, so you really had to concentrate on what you were doing. Uh, But there was all kinds of applications. Uh, When we finally got to the arch, uh, we took pictures with the arch. I can see using that in future classrooms, perhaps, especially in a math, we could use it uh, to look at geometric figures and how they, we could talk about how the arch was created for maybe a science class. Uh, uh, They described to us that there are so many salt deposits under the earth in Moab, Utah, that Uh, The science uh, of the salt and the way it lifts up rock is one of the reasons there's so many arches there. So there's so many applications. And I think, I, I know as a substitute teacher, yes, we have things to cover when we get there that the teacher has left for us. But I also often found myself to have maybe 10 or 15 minutes left over at the end of some classes, depending on their uh, concentration level. And these are the types of things I would use in those classes. I actually prefer the the gadgets and being able to use something visual for them to help them along in the class and do things like that. So next, as the semester starts in August, I plan to use a lot of our vo- uh, vacation footage and use some of our travel experiences to teach some applications regardless of what class I'm substituting, teach some applications using our vacation footage and kind of break things up for them and not just have them stuck to paper and pencil all the time. So I would encourage all of you as you go on your vacations, or a lot of you I'm sure have already completed a vacation for this summer, you may be surprised at how much your students love to see things like this. You know, you can only teach moon phases and poem analysis and math problems so much. But once you start putting up their personal applications on how to teach them better, I think it uh, it helps them to concentrate more. It helps to see you on a personal level. I actually also noticed, in addition to what I was trying to teach, that they seem to be more comfortable with me the more things like that I put up there. So I would encourage all of you to work your life experiences, your vacation experiences 
into your teaching program and have those things stuck in your back pocket to share with the students through videos and that type of thing as you do your substitute teaching. It's a perfect application for all grades. Uh, the younger, uh, you'd show them different videos most likely, but it still uh, helps them concentrate and helps to get helps them to get to know you better. So I always like doing that. Uh, I uh, I grew up in the 70s as far as music was concerned. I've also used some music. Specifically so far, there is a group back then called Bread, and basically all of their songs were poems put to music. So a lot of times when I have been in an English class for middle school or high school and they needed to analyze poems, I would also throw up that video at the end of the class and have them analyze some of that group's songs, see what they thought about it. You know, they could even break down the type of, I think it's pentameter that the poem in the song would have, and then analyze what they thought the writer was actually saying. So to me, I think the more video uh, we can throw up on the screen that's from a personal level and that's from an entertaining level, I think it really helps. It certainly helps me to teach my class better, better for them, for those students to come closer to me, and they are later more willing to come up and ask me questions. It's almost like it's an icebreaker. So I would strongly encourage you to try to use all of your experiences in your classes. It goes really well for all grades that I have seen. You just have to taper it to what age group you are teaching. Now, as we move along today, I wanted to talk to you. I mentioned early, uh, actually, I guess it was actually in the preview before the music, I talked about uh, maybe we should con our class, and I assume most of you really knew what I was going to get to because it's a play on words. I want to talk a little bit about Khan Academy. Now, it doesn't matter how much I prepare myself for teaching a class. Uh, some things, sometimes I'm left information to share with students, and as good a job as I think I do at explaining things to them, I can still look out and see some blank faces, uh, some faces maybe on students that I would have had expected it, and maybe I didn't do as good a job as explaining as I thought I had. When I noticed that glazed over look, uh, I tried to look for ways to better explain it to them. I'll give you an example, and again, uh, this probably happened over a couple of days for a, cl a math class that I was teaching. It was a sixth grade class. We were trying to learn some statistics. It's a sixth-grade program that used to be eighth-grade only two years prior. So there was a couple of concepts that were difficult to understand and difficult to explain. And I tried my best to explain. I still saw those glazed-over looks. So that evening, I immediately went to YouTube and started for looking for resources that might help me better teach it to them. I stumbled across Khan Academy. All I really had done is I went into YouTube and I did a search for sixth grade math, sixth grade statistics, and looked for items that would help me teach that. What I came across was a video of Khan Academy that's spelled K-H-A-N Academy about the very statistics problem I was trying to explain for them. Now, without boring you with statistics, 
it was about interquartile range. And I studied it before that first day and explained it to them. I didn't think they understood it as well as I had hoped. And I watched this Khan Academy video about how to do that very calculation. And I thought it was great. I took it in there the next day. They watched it together. I saw most all of the students taking some really good notes. And I also noticed that when the video was over, I asked them, now, do you better understand interquartile range? And I got thumbs up from just about everybody in the class. It went over real well. And I have looked through the Khan Academy Library on YouTube. I do know they have their own site, and you can join as a membership. But there also are videos for free on YouTube that you can legally watch and use in your school classroom that I think will help a lot. I think their speakers explain things really well. Now, as I mentioned to you, I use them mainly for middle school so far, but I wanted to make sure that they had plenty of videos at all levels. So I typed in first grade, Khan Academy first grade. Again, that is K-H-A-N. I saw 18 videos immediately. One of them was about addition and subtraction. And the speaker was speaking about roly-polies, and adding roly-polies, taking one away, how many you would have. So it was very much tailored towards a first-grade application. I went to third grade. Khan I did a search for third-grade Khan Academy. Uh, there was illustrations using squares. There was science application using water cycles. I then went to fifth-grade Khan Academy. There was videos with diagrams about dividing decimals, very good explanations, the powers of 10. I thought I would try typing in fifth grade English Khan Academy, and I got videos on nouns and commas and how to use them. Most of the videos are between five and 10 minutes, and I think that's another resource that I love having in my back pocket especially if I was able to determine specifically what I was going to be teaching that day, if I had time left over after everything that the teacher left me was exhausted. This is something I would use to uh, better explain an application, perhaps uh, give them some better background, especially if you're in a situation where you may be teaching, substituting for a teacher perhaps for several days in a row. If you're a long-term substitute for a, a little while, several days or a couple of weeks, I think these applications through Khan Academy are really helpful. If you have used them, if they have been great for you, or if you have stumbled across some issues as you were using them, I would love to know that. In fact, I would love uh, if you have anything, any ideas about what we talked about today through either perception and using our own experiences from the past, perhaps through our vacations, how you use that in the classroom, please email me. You can email me at greg at substituteteacherslounge.com. I will get that. I will reply back to you. Uh, especially let me know if you would like to be interviewed about some things that you have used uh, that have gone well in your classes. I would love to add that into the show. So future episodes now. 
We will get those interviews rolling. I will have interviews with teachers from across the country. We'll let those teachers share with us what has worked effectively for them. Maybe what they've had issues with that didn't work as effectively. What they use as their experiences and how they use those experiences to teach their students. We'll talk about all grade levels. I also have, I believe I told you in the past, I would give you some interviews with students. Uh, some students I have had, I've got interviews set up with both students from the long-term sub situation I was in for sixth grade math last year. I've got students that have had me in class maybe just one or two times. I want them to tell us what they love to see in a substitute teacher, not just to have them respond that whoever lets them off easy, that's their favorite substitute teacher, but I want them to talk about what substitutes actually help them to learn and what substitutes that they really enjoy seeing uh, come back to their classes. So we'll talk about that. I plan to ask them how uh, what ideas they share with their teachers about substitute teachers and what kind of input they give the teachers that are the permanent teachers in the class. So we'll talk about all of that, and I think it will go over real well. In the meantime, please email me, send me your ideas, and I will see you next week on the Substitute Teachers Lounge. Music provided by Ben Sound.